wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian Mr. Fret. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the and Great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening. To you are listening to you are listening. Then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now enjoy the show. Are you ready? Episode 226 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Tuesday evening. Hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly appreciate it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the last show before I take my sabbatical. Uh, I am bummed, and I'm sure you are as well, I know. Um, this is actually going to be the first time in almost two full years I have taken an actual break from podcasting. I've been really going hard at this since really July 18th, 2018. And I think this time around, you know, I think <laughs> I've gone literally long enough to ensure that I can take a little bit of a break. I already have the blessing from my wrestle uh, attic radio team, um, and they are going to be filling my spots during uh, next week. So um, I'm not going to tell you who is involved and who is going to be where, um, but I do know at least one day of my day is going to be covered. So um, please do embrace them. Um, I know it'll be a little bit of a weird thing knowing that I'm the only person on the team that has uh, more than one show during the week as the workforce of the team. It's just how I was built. It's just how I'm doing things. But I feel like right now, it's not, it's not a bad time to actually take a little step back. I um, appreciate the fact that I've gotten you know, past 200 episodes. Um, heading into my two-year anniversary uh, as a podcaster in general in two years with this podcast. So it'll be great. Um, and it'll actually be the week of when I come back from my sabbatical, which is fantastic. Um, and I get to share that with you guys. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Well, I'll tell you everything going on with that when we get to that point. But yes, um, again, this is the last show before I go on sabbatical. Um, again, uh, I know you, I know that Mance, uh, Fretson, Nate, uh, Will, King, and uh, King Ricky Rose will hold the fort down while I'm gone. But until that point, let's just enjoy 
we got going on here because, of course, it is Tuesday. That means it's time for this week's episode of Last Week, This Week, where I talk about last week's episode of NXT and get you primed and ready for tomorrow night's episode of the Black and Gold Standard. But before we get into that, of course, today is the last day of uh, Pride Month, and that means today is the last day you can get yourself some swanky merch from the Pride Collection over on teespring.com. Again, teespring.com slash WrestleAddictRadio. Um, you can check all of that out there, of course, for my patrons. Patrons, y'all know, y'all get 15% off all of the purchases you make over on teespring.com with an exclusive code that I cannot tell the rest of y'all because you're not patrons. It bees with a bees. My, my apologies. But yeah, again, again, make sure you get your last minute. Uh, if you want to get your hands on uh, some prior collection, get it, make sure you get it. Uh, you'll get it sometime, of course, in the month of July, since we're about to begin the month starting tomorrow. Um, so yeah, make sure you get all that. And of course, for the last time this month, I actually get to say this, um, all proceeds of the Pride Collection uh, shirts, whether you get it, you get a YLP shirt, um, the HBI sh- HBIC, the King Ricky Rose, Fretzelmania, the Game Changer podcast, um, which one am I missing? Of course, the original War Collection uh, logo, and of course, the Delight Show with Man Chappelle logo. You can get all there. Of course, all proceeds will be going to the Trevor Project, which specializes in crisis intervention for the LGBTQIA community. And um, we, of course, thank them uh, big time, especially from yours truly over at the uh, YLP podcast for supporting us throughout the entire month of June. And of course, all the, like I said, all the proceeds will be going to them once all this is finished. We'll take care of all that. And from there we'll go. So thank you once again to the Trevor Project for backing us, supporting us the entire month of June for Pride Month. And yeah, gotta love it. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful, we're doing it for a wonderful cause and we've been doing it for a wonderful cause and um, appreciate every single one of you for actually buying a shirt, you know, buying a Pride shirt for this month. Um, for me, it's important too because I do have a gay cousin and I do have a lesbian cousin as well. So for me, it's pretty cool that everyone's still supporting of it. Um, and I do want to, of course, want to shout out one more time to my big homie, Jermaine, for getting uh, himself uh, the YLP Pride shirt. Much love to you, bro. Still looking clean. Um, very happy about that. So, you know, that's probably like the first piece of merch I've ever seen somebody wear, you know, with my shit on it. So it's pretty cool um, and all that. Big time, big time shout out to my homie, Jermaine. Um, so, yeah, this is the last day you can get this again teespring.com slash radio. Check out the Pride Collection. Get you some. And, of course, you'll be supporting the Trevor Project as well. As well as make sure you go over to teespring.com slash the-ylp-collection. You can get yourself some swanky YLP merch for the summer. Of course, specializing in uh, clothing for men, women, and the young cubs out there. As well as accessories to get your whole ferocious lifestyle right. Because I live a... Very, very interesting lifestyle, and which specializes, of course, gym, all that good stuff. Uh, t-shirts, tank tops, boyfriend tees, flowy tank tops, leggings for the ladies, and for fellas, you know, you can get that good, you know, you can get in your girl's good graces, especially, never mind, I'm not even going to get into that. I am just a man. I am merely just a man. Y'all know what I'm talking about, fellas. Ha! Huh? Um, of course, as well as, you know, shirts for the kids and the toddlers out there, uh, accessories like coffee mugs tapestries, die cut stickers, uh, 
organic tote bags, beach towels, all that good stuff. Again, teespring.com slash V-YLP-Collection. Get yourself some swanky-ass YLP merch for the summer. Uh, and definitely make sure you check out the crew necks and the hoodies because, you know, fall's going to be coming like that. And especially as a man who lives in the Northeast, it gets cold rather fucking quick. Uh, <laughs> just saying. Trust me. A hoodie comes in clutch. My mom definitely uh, bought, went all out. Uh, made sure she got some for my niece, uh, my nieces and nephew. Uh, my sister has gotten herself a tea. No, herself, uh, she has got a, ho- a hoodie. Um, and I did post it over on my Instagram. Um, it looks clean. It looks damn good. I love the look of it. Um, I, my, I, my mom's got one over at the kitchen table. It looks clean. I love it. I'll probably get myself some merch when I get back from vacation um, because rep your brand and I'll be doing something special with that logo very, very soon. Got to stay tuned for that. Set that down there. Of course, got the water on deck. Make sure everything's good. Don't want to miss anything. Okay. Let me sure all my, all my notifications are taken care of and I don't have to look at that later. All right, we're good. Now that I got that cold read out of the way, let's get into some NXT. Now, hmm. Now, I'm actually going to tell you what I call this episode today. Today's episode is titled, Did We Only Care About the Main Event? Now, we all know the main event of this week's episode was, of course, for the NXT North American Championship, which is a triple threat match between Keith Lee defending his North American Championship against Johnny Gargano and the Prince Finn Balor. Now, looking at the results of the ratings um, from last week, NXT dominated. In terms of the ratings. And I want to pull that up real quick. Because I know. I should have already had this ready. But I'm terrible with stuff. Forgive me. Uh, Let's see. Let me see. Hmm. So. Want to make sure I get the right number. All right, we're good. This was the date. Yes. All right. So, this past, from last week, NXT had 786,000 viewers, up 5.4 from the week prior. Second best number of 2020 behind only their February 19th show. By the way, I'm reading this off of WrestlingInc.com, just so y'all know. Um, And an AEW Dynamite had 633,000, and this show was down 18%. From the week prior, and is actually their lowest audience for the show in the history of Dynamite. And I tried my best to, you know, put up some some love for the show, but sometimes <laughs> you gotta you gotta you know make sure that uh be a fair weather guy like myself and make sure you praise it when it's well and to shit on it when it's bad. Now, 
of course, y'all know I'm going to pretty much break down as much as I possibly can, but I did really, and if I remember correctly, I did say on AEW Dynamite last week, this was not the go-home show. This is probably one of their worst shows that they had um, last week. Going into this week, I hope they do a little bit better, especially given the fact that it's Fighter Fest week. And we'll talk about, of course, what NXT is going to be doing for the next two weeks. Uh, and dare I say, AEW event much? We'll get into that in the next segment. We'll get into all that. But the fact that this episode did get 786,000, their best number of the year, and having the largest margin for an NXT week in in the history of this so-called, quote-unquote, Wednesday Night War, I mean, topping Dynamite by 24% is pretty damn good. I mean, AEW Dynamite still beat NXT in the 18-49 demo. Um... But, and this was their first victory in the ratings war since December 18th of 2019. So, of course, the biggest uh, hit on Wednesday night was the main event between Lee, Balor, and Gargano. Um, let me see how. Now, in the main, of, now the main event segment... Um, this is this is this is why I'm this is why I call this episode. Did we really only care about the main event? This is what WrestlingInc.com says. The main event on NXT between Keith Lee, Finn Balor, and Johnny Gargano was the big hit on Wednesday night. While Dynamite won in 18 to 49 overall, NXT won the final two quarter hours in the demo. Despite AEW featuring Chris Jericho, their biggest ratings draw, Matt Hardy, and Orange Cassidy during those quarters. The NXT main event beat the Jericho Cassidy segment that closed Dynamite by 54%. 852,000 viewers to 552,000 viewers. The Jericho Cassidy segment was down 26% from the first quarter and was the lowest quarter in the show's history. So, again, did we only really care about the main event? For the most part, looking up and down this episode when I watched it earlier today, I actually took a mental, I, I took a quote unquote mental health day today um, to be able to watch this. I, you know, just wasn't my day. And I, you know, informed my boss, let him know I wasn't going to come in and I wasn't feeling in the right capacity. And um, we went from there. If I get heat for it, so be it. I'll deal with it when it comes tomorrow. Got to worry about today. But when you look at what happened, there are some, there were some things that I did like about this episode. It wasn't just really the main event that I was worried about. Yes, of course. I mean, John, I mean, Lee, Gargano, and Balor was pretty much the biggest draw of the show, given the fact that the winner was going to take on Adam Cole for the NXT Championship in two weeks' time at the at NXT's Great American Bash that they're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks to counter uh, AEW's Fighter Fest. Dare I say AEW effect? But we'll get into that in the next segment. I'll explain. But let's, of course, as we always do, we start off with the most important thing from these shows. That, of course, I do it both for NXT and AEW. And the most important thing we need to take away from this past, uh, last week's episode of NXT is that we now know the NXT Championship matchup is going to be like we kind of figured it was going to be. Lee versus Cole for, the for of course, the... NXT and NXT North American Championship. We kind of pretty much explained that, and I explained that on last week's episode of last week, this week. 
now that we are a week or so, a, week, a little bit more than a week away from Lee versus Cole for the NXT and NXT North American Championships, I'm still keeping to what I said last week. Now, yes, it would be really cool to see either man hold both championships because it would be the first time in NXT's history that one man would hold both the NXT and NXT North American Championships at the same time. I still believe it's still better to keep the title separate because of the fact that, A, Karrion Cross is looming, and we'll talk about his match with uh, Bronson Reed in just a little bit. Because I I love me some big lads when they when they get get busy in the ring. I, I'm a big fan of that. What? Hi. Can I help you? No. You gonna lay down? <laughs> oh, Marley, you see the girl. We'll get to her segment of the show in the next segment. Got a lot to get through before we get to uh, get to the fun part. But, um, again, Karrion Cross is looming on the horizon for the NXT Championship. You know this. I know this. It's, it's no secret at all, okay, that we would have Karrion Cross, Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. Now, given the fact that Lee pinned Balor, I'm not exactly sh- now my Balor Lee possibility possibly goes up in smoke because I would rather see Balor Lee than have Lee Gargano one more time. I don't know why. Um, I was kind of shocked that. Wait, hold on. Let me think. Uh, hold on. I could be wrong. I could be the wrong. Per- I could be wrong in who, who pinned who. No, wait, no. Lee didn't pin Balor because Balor hit the coup de grace on Gargano. And then Gargano, no, not Gargano. Then Lee hit Balor with the Big Bang Catastrophe and then got the pin over there. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, it goes up in smoke just a tad bit. It really does. So it makes me, at first thought, it makes you believe that maybe Gargano and Lee aren't done yet, but given the fact that Gargano has already lost to Lee, I still have that feeling that maybe Balor, Gargano, Balor, not Balor, Gargano, Balor versus Lee still is on the horizon. I don't know. I mean, it was in that moment. Uh, I mean... Lee was just smart enough to get out of harm's way when Balor hit the uh, coup de grace on Gargano. Balor happened to be in the ring and pinned Balor, not Balor, um, Lee pinned Balor after the Big Bang Bang Catastrophe to retain his championship. So I'm still going to have hope for Balor-Lee because I think right now, you know, that would be the best case scenario right now. But if they are going with Gargano Lee one more time, you're going to have to convince me of that. You're really going to have to convince me that Lee Gargano, Lee Gargano is still the move. Because right now, personally, I still would want to see Balor versus Gargano. I think that's a story that needs to be told. And Gargano can go 
do something else. I mean, I know Gar- Gargano will say, you didn't pay me to retain your championship. How about you beat me again type deal? I don't need that. I want Balor Lee. I need Balor versus Lee. I needs that. I wants to see that. Marley wants to see that. She's a big Balor fan, by the way. Huge Balor fan. But I think that's a story that needs to be told. So I'm still holding out hope that Cole versus Lee doesn't end with either man winning the championships. And either Cross or Balor gets involved, causes the DQ, and we still get our separate go our separate ways, not finding out who can be who will uh, be a double champion. If there is a double champion, would it surprise me as much? A little bit. It would. It honestly would surprise me a little bit, given the fact that, you know, given the fact that right now, I don't think it's the time to have a double champion. I mean, I would be all for it, but I think right now is not the time because there's still stories to be told. Cross Cole needs to be told, and I still have that hope that Balor versus Lee is told. There's no need for a double champion right now. I don't I don't see it. I don't need it. It's, I mean, I'm sure there are some people out there who would want to see it. I am not one of those people. Keep the title separate. You have to tell your own stories because Cole and Cross need to tell that story. Because then once we get past July, that's when takeover season usually begins. And we start building towards takeover. What was supposed to be takeover Boston this year needs to be takeover something. You feel me? So don't be discouraged about what I'm saying right now. Again, this is just my opinion, how I feel about what the situation going on. Um, of course, if you have any opinions or anything like that, hit me up with a voice message, anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective, anchor.fm slash Wrestle Addict Radio, and leave me a uh, comment over on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Shameless plug. Gotta love it. I gotta do it. Gotta do it for the people. Um, but still, I don't know. I, I just had that feeling that, uh, I guess it's just the pure, I'm, I'm just bringing the purest out of me for the moment. Got to keep that separate for now. I don't think there is a... I mean, yes, Undisputed Era has been dominant for the past couple of years, ever since they made their way into the company. Uh, But right now, Cross Cole needs to be told. Lee Balor needs to be told. Gargano can go fuck off somewhere, (laughs) to be perfectly honest. Um, I'm sure they'll give Gargano something to do. But I think right now, in this very moment, Keep the title separate. I mean, of course, we're going to get a great match out of Lee versus Cole for the championships. That's that's a given. We're already, I already know that shit. That's just a... That is a foregone conclusion. You feel me? But at the end of the day, keeping the title separate and telling their own stories makes the most sense right now. No need for a double champion because that then that kind of... I don't know. It kind of creates a little bit of tension with me, given the fact that now it's just one dominant champion and everybody's gunning for him. It 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 just doesn't make sense to me right now. No need for it. Keep them separate. Now that we got the main event scene pretty much out of the way, uh, in about ten minutes. Um, 
yeah, because there's not much, much I want to talk about here in this portion of the program, given the fact that I have uh, the Great American Bash to talk about um, in the next segment. So I don't want to talk about everything, but I am going to be talking about Karrion Cross versus Bronson Reed for, uh, for a few. This was, I mean, albeit a very short match, albeit a very short match, I would be a fool. Well, I would be a pretty much a hypocrite if I didn't say that your boy loves himself, big lads, going at it in the ring. You feel me? If Vince McMahon loves big sweaty men, which which if you're a fan of Coldaholic, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Vince McMahon likes big sweaty men. Not going to hell. Um, <laughs> but it was short. It was sweet. Right to the point. And boy, did both men, both men look good in this shit. I knew immediately once that bell rang, they were going to go at each other. And sure enough, they did. Literally. They grinded, they grinded foreheads and then did it bop, 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 and just beat the shit. And it's pretty much who can beat the shit out of who more before either someone gets knocked out, tapped out, or pink. You know what I'm saying? And just, yeah. I, I, I was quite happy. Quite happy with this matchup. You know, I appreciated what they brought to the table because Bronson Reed to me, is is definitely one of the names that I loved and appreciated coming out of the NXT breakout tournament. One of the guys, definitely him, um, Cameron Grimes, Swerve, you know. And I had an idea, I had a feeling Bronson Reed was gonna do some things. And following that tournament, of course, he was he did his he did his thing. Absolutely killed it. And then he's been having good matches ever since. And I think this match with uh, Karrion Cross, everything he needed to do. He did everything. Both of them did everything they needed to do. This this match did not go long. Given the fact that um, Reed was the one who actually called out Cross. Gave me a little strong style. This is, this is pretty much solidified strong style. 100%. This, this this gave me Suzuki Ishii vibes, and if you've seen one Suzuki Ishii match, you've pretty much seen everything. Well, not everything, because every time they beat, they go against each other, they beat the living hell out of each other. Hi, can I help you? Huh? Up? Uh, no? You're going to lay down? Be defiant, little girl? Okay, apparently the floor is comfier. <laughs> uh, my dog's being a silly She's been a silly one all day. It's been a silly girl. Don't worry. Don't worry, y'all. Unofficial uh, Marley, Marley, the woman of the show will definitely be coming in the next segment, for sure. Um, but yeah, this is definitely just, I'm going to beat the hell out of you, you beat the hell out of me, and let's see who falls first. Boots, Exploiter Suplexes, Germans, Enziguris, Northern Light Suplexes, Doomsday Saido Suplexes, Cross Jacket, get it out of here. Perfect. Perfect. Every single part of that was perfect. 
didn't need much time. And I I love the fact that um, we get to, we got to see um, Brunson Reed in this match. He was the right he was the right guy for uh, Cross to face. I mean, if this was the warm up before he got to Adam Cole, so be it. He already got Tommaso Ciampa on his belt. He already got that, so that's a big victory for him. Um, Cross Beast got that victory under uh, um, Reed, I should say. Uh, got that victory under his belt. I don't know who he'll face next. Um, but I know they'll take their time. I say this. Let Cole get through July. Okay? Let Cole get through July. He'll be at this point he'll be at four at that point he'll be already at four hundred plus days. Knock that out. And then he'll I, I'm saying cross Cole in August for the NXT championship. I think it needs to happen. It it should it will happen. They didn't, they didn't give that motherfucker a jetpack for nothing up to the top. And they pre- they are pretty much like putting him into position to take the NXT championship away from Cole. And if you don't and if you don't think that's going to happen, well, my friend, um I understand you love you some Adam Cole and trust me, I do too because I have uh, an Adam Cole Bay Bay shirt. But you know his time is almost up. As NXT champion. Now, what does that mean for Cole afterward? I don't know. We'll get to that point when we get there. But right now, keep it in your mind. Cole versus Cross for the NXT championship is coming. Now, one match I would want to see is Cross versus Lee. I think that is a match that we also need to visit. I think I have the best way to set it up. Have Cole be the reason that Cross loses. Have Cole be the have the undisputed era be the reason Cross gets his first loss in NXT. Have Lee versus Cross for the NXT North American Championship. Given the fact that Lee was the one who broke this uh, hourglass of Cross, I'm sure I'm sure do feel some type of way about that. Mans feel some type of way. I would too. That's my shit. You broke my shit, I break you. Know what I mean? You get the concept. But Cross versus Lee, I definitely think is something we need to visit. And I I say, if Gargano tries to get in the way, I see Cross come out and just beat the hell out of him. Treat him like, the, treat him like a little tall, little skinny, little, little small man. Chuck him out the way, let him hit the plexiglass and shit. And um, and let Lee and Cross bang. Not okay. That came out wrong. Let let them just throw. Let them just go at it and throw hands. That's what I I said. That would be a battle. I, Lee versus Cross. Shit. Fuck it. You ain't even got to put a title on the line if you don't want to. You ain't even got to put it on the line. Fuck it. Let Lee versus Cross just face each other. And just beat the living shit out of each other. Have Cole and his and his squad interfere. Somehow Lee is able to beat Cross and give him Cross his first loss in NXT. Now a lot of people would think that you know that would be a bad idea. Keep Mans undefeated till he gets to the NXT Championship, and then have him just have a dope ass reign. I see nothing wrong. At any point 
for a person who has an undefeated record so far, which technically, if you think about it, Cross is literally just 4-0 in the company, in, in NXT. 4-0. Uh, Ruff, uh, the other motherfucker, who, whose name I don't remember, um, Tommaso Ciampa at In Your House, and now Bronson Reed. If Cross loses to Lee, and he only loses because of the simple fact that Cole and the Undisputed Era were the reason he lost, the loss won't look as bad on his record. It'll just be a means in a sense of I got, you know, Cole gets one, Cole and the Undisputed Era got one over on Cross. That's how I see it. You know, and now Cross, and then Cross will somehow will later on get his retaliation by taking the NXT Championship away from Adam Cole. But I have to say that entrance is money. He looks like a champion already. He is. They are positioning him to win the championship. It is a mere formality, and it's just a matter of time. I got two other things I want to speak on, and I'll speak on those pretty quickly. Because do, 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 do. I know usually I would go with, you know, main event scene, ladies, cruiserweights, and all that stuff. But, you know, there really wasn't um, much I could literally just take away from and all that stuff. So we'll see what, what happens with that. But I do want to kind of give an opinion, if I may, uh, to the courts. Now, I understand Dakota Kai is gunning for Io Shirai's NXT Women's Championship, as are Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, and Tegan Knox. And we'll talk about that in the next segment, talking about tomorrow night's episode. And let's take that away for a moment. Let's just set that to the side. We know that's there. But I think I've been saying this for a little bit. I say, and I think, and I remember Beth Phoenix saying it too, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez are, I, I hope, somewhere down the line, are getting set up for a, te- a women's tag team title shot. Again, y'all know my criticisms of the women's tag team division. I gave you solid gold last year with how I would have booked Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Asuka and Kyrie. That's, that's, for, that's, you already got that. that. That's chapter and verse at that point. You already know what it is. I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion to some, or a popular opinion. I don't know. Nor do I give a shit. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. I would say, sometime in the remainder of this year, are going to get a crack at the Women's Tag Team Championships. I can just sense it. They already have, A, an entrance together. B, they go with the same music. They already have a Titantron pretty much together. They work very well as a tag team, destroying Cannon Zaro and Carter in mere minutes. I think it just works. Not because of the fact that, you know, Raquel's more, Raquel is uh, Dakota's heavy. 
But they work very, very well together. They really do. And, of course, again, against a, a team like Kanazar and Carter, this was more of a squash match than anything. But they looked great together in this tag match. Granted, they had a little bit of, of course, you know, they had problems with Kanazaro and Carter over the past couple of weeks. Seriously, though, do not be surprised if by towards the end of 2020, we get to see Dakota Kai versus, and Raquel Gonzalez vie for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. I don't know who will be tag team champions at that point. I don't know. Nor do I care. I say, though, in a, in a tag team division that's kind of, dare I say, lacking teams, the more you show Kai and Gonzalez in tag team action, the better off you will be. Also, Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox had a damn good match with Sasha Banks and Bailey. I talked about that last week. I've been saying this for a while now. Start incorporating NXT in your women's tag team division, and the payoff will be much, and you will pay dividends for your women's tag team division. What have they been doing? Incorporating NXT women's tag teams. What did you see last week? A solid women's tag team title match on NXT. Who would have fucking thought that? I did. <laughs> I did. Because I believe, I, I thought the women's tag team division was going to be a little bit better than what we were given, especially last year. That was a whole entire joke. But, that is neither here nor there, nor we will discuss prior bullshit. Unless it comes up in my memory for actual reason. But, I say Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, I think it'd be, I think against a team like a Sasha Banks and Bailey, you know, I would definitely love to see them on a pay-per-view for the Women's Tag Team Championship. And more importantly, on a main roster pay-per-view, having Kai and Gonzalez come up to a main roster pay-per-view and them getting a shot. I think that would give them exposure on the main roster. See how well Vince McMahon actually likes them, because I'm guarantee you he probably, well, usually nine times out of ten, the the opinion would be, oh, he all he really cares about is the blondes with big titties. And nine times out of ten, you ain't wrong. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> You're not wrong, but I think it would be wise for Kai and Gonzalez to get a shot at the titles on a main roster pay per view. This is just, maybe you think I'm just spitballing out my ass. And nine times out of ten, you're probably wrong. But, <laughs> okay, you'd probably be right, because I because I think of crazy-ass booking. But, hey, sometimes I can actually get it right, so y'all can deal with that shit. Y'all can suck it. <laughs> but, personally, I see Kai and Gonzalez vying for those tag team championships. If... If Kai, because I'm because I because I think for some reason Kai beating Shirai not gonna happen. Kai versus Shirai though for the women's tag, women's championship, I'm all for. Um, but I'll give my prediction on that when we get to the next segment. Um, because yeah, I, I can just see it. I honestly can see Kai and Gonzalez vying for the tag team championships for the women's division, and it wouldn't be a bad thing either because now you're incorporating the women's tag team championships across all three brands, just like they were supposed to 
back last year. Finally, for this last week's segment, and I'll talk about the therapy session in uh, uh, the next segment because I, I think it would make more sense to talk about it in that, um, in the share. I like in the share. One thing, though, I need subtitles. I need subtitles for Indu Share. Not because it's wrong, not because it's mean, because I just want to know what they're saying. I've said this a couple weeks ago. Um, they did it for uh, Io Shirai when she cuts promos. I love that shit. Honestly, though, between you and I, it's just between you and me, personally, even, you know, I would just love to see it. I personally would just love to see what they're exactly saying. Because I said the same, I, I love the fact that when they did it with AOP, um, upon their arrival into the main roster, I like that. I would love to see that in NXT. Given the fact that they do take their shows, for the most part. Um, I would just I would just like to see though, like what they're actually saying. I would want to know what they're saying. Even if they're speaking a different language, I would like to know what they're saying. You know, I would love to know just kind of like, okay, Ooh, excuse me. I would just love to know what they're saying, what's in their head, their actual thoughts, you know, and just translate that. And just, I would just, oh, I would just love to see it. So more than likely, so now, of course, Bivens is going to have Indushare go after uh, Morgan and Birch, and we will go from there. But what I really want to discuss to end the last week's segment is uh, Legado del Fantasma. And of course, the NXT Cruiserweight Champion, Santos Escobar. And his match with Jake Adams. Now, of course, what we discussed last week, um, Drake Maverick got put through a table. Dude got taken in an ambulance. Jake Atlas wanted some sort of revenge, and we got to where we are. Jake Atlas, to me personally, is getting better and better with every single match he's putting on at NXT. He is really, he is really one of my surprise surprise guys for the year. You know, my, one of, I, I, honestly, right now, because I know last year I did the uh, YLB awards, I can I, I honestly have to say, through, especially with the tournament that he had and what he's been doing as of late, Jake Atlas is literally almost a lock to be a nominee for Breakout Star of the Year for the YLP Awards. Real shit. I'm not even going to lie to you about that. And you can, if you watch it, watch the Cruiserweight Division and RFM, the Cruiserweight Division like I am, you see it. You see everything. Jake Atlas, since his debut, has really blossomed into a talent that we're definitely going to be talking about for another for the next year or so. Especially given the fact that the Cruiserweight Division is exclusively to NXT, um... I think it makes sense for Atlas to do well, um, even even in losing situations. Atlas is a beast. And again, that cartwheel DDT that he has for a finisher is about as clean as a baby's butt after you wipe it. Okay, that's a lot. Just, y'all babies, nasty. Like, squirting doodle at the but never mind. I'm trying to eat shit. Hi. Oh, on the couch. Come here. Oh. What do you want? Come here. Come here. Come here. All right, then begin to find a little shit. 
Finally, you get in your spot. Don't wink at me. Don't you wink at me, child. Oh, my dog is just a personality all her own. And y'all love her. Y'all love her! I understand. She's adorable. But let me talk about Santos Escobar, man. Ever since Santos Escobar took off that mask, that dude is as heel as they fucking come. And I love me a solid heel cruiserweight. I love the look. I love the swag. I love the fact that he's got Wild and Mendoza with him. It works. They all look clean. I like them suits. I need to know who his tailor is. I want that jacket he wears to the ring. It look good. Dudes like Narcos. I mean, his name is Santos Escobar, man. I mean, come on. Narco, you know what I'm talking about. He personifies heel in the cruiserweight division. Now, here's the only thing that sucks. Is that, A, we can't get Jordan Devlin across the pond due to coronavirus be damned. And actually, the longest time I've actually had gone without even talking about the coronavirus this week. So, shock me. Actually, in the last two weeks. Um, 43 minutes in? Goddamn. Look at me go. But, also the fact that, of course, Devlin is going through some shit with the hashtag speaking out movement. So, I don't know what they're going to do now with the Cruiserweight Championship situation. You know that, of course, Devlin is the NXT Cruiserweight Champion and was the NXT Cruiserweight Champion before we had Coronavirus Be Damned and we had the tournament to crown a new interim NXT Cruiserweight Champion. So, are we still waiting on Escobar Devlin? Or are we simply just going to have Escobar be champion going forward and simply have Devlin just win everything sorted out? Because man's it up. Just want to let y'all know. Y'all, and y'all notice I spoke about this a couple weeks ago. He lawyered up. So once he gets all past that and then we are in, and once we get all the restrictions lifted and talent are able to travel from England and all that stuff and we are able to get you know proper testing taken care of for COVID and all this shit I would still want to see Escobar Devlin I do I think that is a money match fuck it do it in the UK do it in the UK champion do it during do do fucking uh, takeover Hopefully that we'll get it. Hopefully, wrestling gods, do your do your due diligence and get this shit sorted out by October. Please. Please get this shit sorted out by October. Because I would love to see Escobar and Legato del Fantasma go right into Dublin in Devlin's backyard and have a banger with Devlin. You don't mean to tell me Escobar goes into enemy territory? With Devlin, with the Cruiserweight Championship on the line, and you build Escobar up as as they're doing right now, man. Listen, I've said this before. As soon as Fantasma now Escobar won the championship, your money match was Escobar Devlin. To me, right now, that is still your money match for the Cruiserweight division: Escobar versus Devlin. Now, there's only one other person in the division right now I can see gunning for the championship, and I think it makes the most sense. Kushida. 
Escobar Kushida. That's two. That's a big. That's a big match. And Kushida's a proper babyface, so it works. I just don't know what they're gonna do in terms of Devlin being, of course, still being cruiserweight champion, and Escobar being cruiserweight champion. I don't know if they're gonna. I don't know if they're gonna be able to take care of that. I don't know if they're gonna be able to sort that out. And if they are, cool. If not, damn. Because personally, I would love to see it. I would love to see that be the case because that would be the one kind of thing that that would be the match I need to see. Oh, damn. Homeboy just got shot in the face with a freaking... <laughs> I got him with a Nerf gun. Bah, bah, got him. Oh, I love when I have a TV on because I get to see stupid shit while I record. But just ending on this note, the Cruiserweight Championship situation honestly needs to be sorted out. And it can't be sorted out as long as we have the coronavirus going on and all this shit. And I don't think we'll have Escobar looked at as a proper champion until he faces Devlin. Only until... Did he just really throw that motherfucker Frisbee style into an unopened window? His dumbass. He dumb as hell. See, this is why you don't frisbee shit into trap or mm, you that was that's a good pizza you fucked up. Damn, I actually got a, I actually got a free pizza redeemed I can get right get tonight. We ain't gonna talk about that because I'm getting hungry. All I'm gonna say is this and I'm gonna leave it on this note, and I will end the segment on this. You now have two money matches to take care of. Escobar Kushida, hopefully they take care of that. But the big one you do need to take care of if we are able to take care of it, Escobar Devlin. Without that, I don't think we can really consider Escobar to be a true, undisputed NXT Cruiserweight Champion. And that's going to conclude last week. When we come back, we're going to talk about this week and get you primed and ready for the first week of the two-week extravaganza that is going to be NXT Great American Bash. And I can't wait to talk about that because it is one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time, period. And it will be all fun. And we'll get to discuss all that in episode 226 of the YLP podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the F and Great from the Game Changer Podcast. Get ready for a war because you're listening to Wrestle Attic Radio. And we are back with episode 226 of the YLP Podcast. Talking about, of course, last week, this week. And now we've already talked about last week. Now we can discuss what's going to be going on this week. And of course, this week begins the two-week extravaganza that is the Great American Bash. And, um, the first thought that I had when I heard the Great American Bash was going to be coming to NXT, the only thing that I really thought in my head was AEW Effect. And if you think I'm wrong, well, good luck trying to figure out that argument because Fighter Fest was announced earlier. They're so earlier, if I'm not mistaken. 
and then announced it was going to be a two-week event on July 1st and the 8th. So what did WWE decide to do? Because I know for a fact that NXT was going to do this. I know one person that was going to do this to try to counteract WWE. Whose name will not be said in conversation, excuse me. But we all know who made the call to have the Great American Bash be a two-week event. Because they're doing this to counteract AEW. It's the only reason why they're doing it. And if you, if you don't think that's the case, well, I, I don't know what to tell you, my dude. Because that's what's the case. They're doing this to counteract Fighter Fest. And of course, it's a ratings war. Trying to do everything they can to make sure that AEW is the most ratings. And given the fact that this is their first victory since December 19th, 2019 to do so. I'm not saying it's a bad tactic. I'm not. What I'm saying is that AEW has a two-week extravaganza because they're not going to have a pay-per-view. They would usually have a a pay-per-view in the month of uh, July because they usually would have fight. Actually, this would be Fight for the Fallen time. This would actually be the month Fight for the Fallen actually takes place. But, since they're not going to do that, um, American Bash and Fighter Fest in the same two week period. Now, now it's for them it's competition. For us it's entertainment because we're going to be able to see both pay per views. Now, me personally, y'all know I don't watch NXT until Tuesday. That's not to say I don't can't do it over the weekend. I can, but I usually like to relax and, and just enjoy my weekend and just rest. After a work weekend doing three shows a week, I do like to just relax my body, relax my mind, do whatever errands I need to do, and then just enjoy my weekend not doing shows, not doing that. But of course, Sunday I do, of course, get ready for the news of the weekend. This coming week, this coming weekend, ain't going to be doing that, going to be on vacation. But we are going to get a solid two weeks of pay-per-views from technically what I'm going to call faux pay-per-views from both shows. From both shows, AEW Dynamite and NXT, in which benefits for us. Everyone wins. Nobody loses. The only people that lose are fans of Raw and fans of SmackDown. And over these next two weeks, no one is going to give an absolute shit about SmackDown and Raw. We are only going to be focusing on NXT and AEW Dynamite. Why do you think I call Wednesday the best night of professional wrestling during the week? Because we're going to get shit like this. It's a beautiful thing. No one loses, and we don't care. (laughs) So, in the spirit of that, let us get into what they're going to be doing for night one of the Great American Bash for NXT. And I have to say, this card looks pretty decent. Not going to front. This card looks pretty good. Um... We do, of course, have a, a NXT Women's uh, Champion Io Shirai in action. Uh, the first ever strap match in the history of NXT. I like, I like that they're doing a lot of first things. Uh, they're doing a lot of first things, but the thir- their, their first are pretty fucking solid. You know, they did the first ever fight pit match. That was dope. Um, the fir- And now they're doing the first ever um, strap match for their show. In history, but the, but here's the fun part: they do it better. They almost do pretty much everything better in terms of matches they do. 
They brought back War Games. Now they have it as a pay-per-view. Beautiful. Every time November comes around, you already know, we're going to get War Games. Nobody loses there. It, it's just hilarious how NXT just seems to do everything better than their main roster counterparts. Quite hilarious. But, um, yeah. So let's get into it. Let's, let's, let's talk about what we're going to be getting this coming week. And I'm going to actually move my sit up. And I'm going to still on the couch, but I'm just going to move my sit up a little bit differently because I don't want my phone to die as I'm recording this on my phone like I normally do. There we go. Hopefully my phone will charge during because wireless chargers are probably the coolest invention on the planet. And uh, I'm not going front. I wish I had got one a little bit sooner. So let us talk about the card that is going to be going down this Wednesday night. Let us begin with, of course, the NXT Women's Champion, Io Shirai, in action as she takes on one half of the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions and one half of the Golden Rule Models, Sasha Banks, at the Great American Bash. Let's see what WWE.com has to say about this matchup. NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai has declared that NXT is hers now, and one former stalwart of the black and gold brand is out to prove otherwise. Shirai will face Sasha Banks in a non-title match on Wednesday night at the Great American Bash. Banks and Bayley, two former NXT Women's Champions in their own right, returned to the black and gold brand two weeks ago, successfully defending the WWE Women's Tag Team titles against Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart. Shirai offered anything but a warm welcome, clearing the ring of Banks and Bailey with blistering offense. Banks fired back on Twitter, insisting there will be no NXT for Shirai to lay claim to without the golden role models. The legit boss challenged Shirai to a one-on-one bout, though it's clear she doesn't plan on coming alone, as SmackDown Women's Champion Bailey will be by her side. And I'm and this is probably This is a one of the women's matches I did not actually have on my wish list for 2020. Um, because of the fact that I didn't know if they were going to incorporate the women's tag team championships, um, in NXT because of the way they were maneuvering the women's tag team division, they were pretty much leaving NXT out of the equation. And that to that, I pretty much said that's bullshit. But now the fact that you have Banks and Bailey there, um, it makes kind of more sense to do so. And they should have just been doing that from the beginning, given the fact that it should go across all three brands. It just makes the most sense to do so. But Shirai versus Banks. And I say it more often than I like to admit, was a match that was not on my radar at all. Um, it was a it would be a dream match of mine personally. And we're gonna get it this coming Wednesday. Well, for you, Wednesday. For me, whenever I feel like it. But um this is a matchup that is definitely going to be on a lot of people's radar, and a lot of eyes are gonna see this matchup, especially if the matchup is Good as fuck. Um, the possibility now, a lot of people are th- hoping and praying, fingers crossed, that Asuka may show up, given the fact that her and Sasha are going to be facing each other at Extreme Rules for the Raw Women's Championship. And at that point, I'm going to pretty much lose my shit because um, I love me some Asuka, I love me some EO, and y'all know I love me some Kyrie as well. They are all adorable. And not because I have an Asian fetish or anything, I'm not going to put that out there on Front Street, God forbid that came out pretty much but i think oscar showing up would not be a surprise um to many i would expect oscar to actually show up um 
and be in the corner of EO, helping EO beat Sasha. Because honestly, the one thing I don't think they would want to do is have EO lose in this matchup. This is not by this is not by any means, by the way, uh, preview or predict in a, in a prediction show. I would have done a full on segment of that. I didn't even know the Great American Bash was going to be a thing until literally last week. So. Yeah, I could have done it. I could have done a preview predictions, but usually on last week, this week, I like to strictly just keep it to talking about last week's episode and getting you guys primed and ready for tomorrow night's episode. That's kind of how I do things. Whatever. Um, but I would be I would be kind of surprised if Sasha beat EO. It wouldn't make sense in this case to have EO beat. No, not. Hold on. Let me flip. Let me re- rewind it would make no sense for sasha to beat eo at the great american bash this wednesday night given the fact that eo is the nxt women's champion and i know they love to make sure they keep their champions strong something that wwe doesn't do at all given the fact that i did hear about oscar losing clean on monday that was a thing and uh we're not gonna talk about that we're just gonna leave that one alone Given the fact that I do not watch Raw and Raw can kiss my ass, but I would like I would I would I would definitely love to see Asuka make a return to NXT um, and definitely help that out, um, possibly leading to a possible women's tag team title match with Asuka and EO versus Banks and Bailey. Please, I'm booking on the fly. By the way, I'm just book- giving myself ideas. All of this would be dope, and I'm sure you, the way you're thinking about it's like, yo, that probably would be fire. Um, given the fact that. Women's champ, women's tag team championship goes across three brands. EO goes up to main roster, um, and we have literally still about uh, I don't know about two weeks until Bailey and not Bailey, Sasha and Asuka go one on one for the women's championship. I'm I'm just saying we can make that happen. That would be fire. WWE, wrestling gods, make it so. Moving on, though. Dexter Loomis and Roderick Strong. Now, the reason I didn't talk about this on the last segment, talking about last week's episode, is the simple fact that um, I wanted to talk about this more in this segment. Because of the simple fact that Roderick Strong now literally has to face his full-on fear and face Loomis in NXT's first ever strap match. Now, for those of you who are who don't know what a strap match, what is that match? I don't know what that is. Now, I'm sure for most of you who listen to this who listen to this podcast know exactly what a strap match is, but for those who do not, allow me to do my best to introduce you to what a strap match is basically it is what it means now i will give you the example daniel bryan versus the fiend if i remember correctly at the royal rumble this year had a strap match basically you have a pretty much think about your daddy's belt or your mom or your mama's belt or whatever you used to get your ass beat with back in the day bad memories um (laughs) i am just off the wall today and i even take pre-workout yet Just think about it like this. Basically, big strap, long strap. Don't know how long it is, don't care. Uh, One person has to hold one end. Their opponent holds the other. And they have a normal match, but they can actually use the strap as a weapon. Um, I would say Brian and Wyatt definitely had a banger of a strap match for the uh, Universal Championship. 
personally one of my favorite strat matches, but there have been all different types of strat matches or whatever. Uh, Eddie Guerrero and JBL had one um, for the championship at a Four Corners uh, strat match. I think it was a bull rope match, if I'm not mistaken, and they had a cowbell on that bitch, too, that could be used as a weapon, which I thought was absolutely dope. So... That's just a thing, and you had to tap all four corners in order to win the match, which I thought was pretty fucking cool. But, more so along the lines, let's see what WWE has to say about this one. Roderick Strong will no longer be able to run from Dexter Loomis. Their psychological warfare will escalate to in-ring brutality in the Black and Gold brand's first-ever strap match at the Great American Bash. After stalking the Undisputed Era for weeks, the enigmatic Loomis escalated his pursuits during Adam Cole's NXT title defense against the Velveteen Dream in a backlock brawl at NXT TakeOver In Your House, stuffing Strong and Bobby Fish in his trunk and driving off. Strong was especially traumatized by the incident, and Loomis's interest in him has increased only increased since. After weeks of therapy facilitated by the Undisputed Era, Strong seemed ready to face his fears until he actually stepped in the ring with NXT's tortured artist, then fled immediately, with nowhere to go for Strong, as the two foes are bound together by a strap. What horrors will Loomis have in store? And let's talk about that segment really quick from uh, NXT's uh, episode of last week. Because I thought, I've been loving these therapy segments. Well, any segment they do is just absolutely fantastic. Star- five stars across the board. Now... So we go back to the therapy session. Lyle Von Thurstenbergen, played by Kyle O'Reilly, helps Adam Cole and Bobby... Now, this is from uh, the ChairShot, by the way. ChairShot.com. Apps Adam Cole and Bobby Fish with Roderick Strong's condition. They made good progress last week, but stumbled at the trunk challenge. Tell him about that. Strong thought he could do it, but when he actually got down there, he just saw Dexter Loomis's face and felt the inside of that cold, cold trunk again. I ran as far as I could. Every time I turned, I tried to stop, I just felt Loomis chasing me. But for this last week, I isolated myself in my own head, working on this, and I can do it. Today, I can conquer the fear of the car trunk. I'm ready. Undisputed Era goes apeshit. And then, of course, Kyle takes off his stuff. Yes, now let's go in that car trunk. So they get, so they're pumped up, head outside. They walk up to the limousine where they were last week. Strong gets inside. He's like, I'm going to do it, guys. Three, two, one. They close it. Everybody goes, ape shit. Roddy did it. Hooray. Tells the driver to pop the trunk. Strong hops out. He says, I'm fired up. And if I can conquer my fear, I can conquer anything. Adam Cole pretty much tells him, says, tonight, you're going to conquer Loomis in a match. Tonight? Yeah, yeah, awesome. I'm ready. Yeah, he wasn't ready. Roderick Strong got into that ring, saw Loomis just staring daggers at dude, and pretty much threw deuces and bounced. So, but this segment was absolutely hilarious. I had me dying, and I loved every bit of it. But this is going to be interesting to see, given the fact that Roderick Strong can use the strap as a weapon on Loomis, and Loomis can do the same thing. But I think this will kind of give him, will Roddy get over that fear? That little, that, that's pretty much going to be the storyline in this match. Can he get over the fear of having to face Mr. Loomis? Because that's what he's going to have to deal with. He's going to have to deal with Loomis in that ring, one-on-one, but he's able, he's going to be able to use a strap, and I'm sure somewhere down the line during the, I think this is actually, I, I believe it's no DQ, so they can pretty much do anything they want with that, which would be game favor for the Undisputed Era, We'll see how that goes with that. But I would be surprised if Loomis actually got the victory over Roddy. Um, 
but would it surprise me? Not really. But I would be. I would think the undisputed era will get involved somehow and possibly help Roddy get the victory over Loomis, thus, full, thus fully quote unquote conquering his fear once and for all. We do now have a fatal four-way match to determine that a new number one contender for Io Shirai's NXT Women's Championship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, we found out earlier that this is going now going to be an elimination match for the NXT number one contendership. And let's see what they got to say about this. Me again, Tegan Knox. Candice LeRae and Dakota Kai will collide in a one number one contenders fatal four-way elimination match this Wednesday night at the Great American Bash with the winner earning the right to challenge Io Shirai for the NXT Women's Championship. Each woman is seeking their first ring with the Alexis Championship, but perhaps none have come closer than Mia Yim. Can the HBIC finally break through and reach the top of the mountain? Meanwhile, there's no love lost between Yim and LeRae transforming into the Poison Pixie in recent months. LeRae has vindictively called attention to the opportunities Yim and other cohorts have received at her own expense. She'd undoubtedly relished the chance to dethrone Shirai, whom she shares a tumultuous history with. Kai, too, has taken her in-ring game to another level since her own about-face when she brutalized Knox last fall. The biggest potential wildcard in this bout is also working in her favor, as Kai's personal enforcer Raquel Gonzalez likely won't be far from the action. Although Knox fell short alongside Shoxy Blackheart in a bid to become WWE Women's Tag Team Champions two weeks ago, Lady Kane has impressed and shows she can go one toe-to-toe with the best WWE has to offer. Now, again, I've always pretty much stated that NXT's women's division is without a doubt the best women's division pretty much anywhere in the world right now. The only place, the company I would say that would have a proper women's division is literally Stardom because they're all ladies and they're all awesome. But NXT's women's division takes the cake. Now, when Bianca Belair moved up to the main roster, albeit a, an unfortunate move for Bianca Belair because that woman has been nowhere near anywhere near Monday Night Raw, and that woman literally should be facing Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship quite immediately, or at least make that into a proper money match somewhere down the line, because honestly, Belair's got the goods, we know it, you know it, I know it, WWE apparently does not, and they're putting in her in matches on main event, and we're not going to even talk about that, because main event can literally go suck my balls, but Ever since then, my first thought was, okay, what's the next proper logical storyline? Ripley Shirai. Unfortunately, we didn't get that because, well, we got Charlotte Rhea, and then Ripley had to take care of her uh, work visa, and then Charlotte beat Ripley, and and then EO won the championship, and hooray. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get, really, really didn't get the rivalry that, the feud that I would have hoped for with Ripley and Shirai, and we'll discuss Rhea Ripley, what's going on with her this coming Wednesday night in a moment, and my thoughts on that, but let's keep focus on the task at hand, which is the number one contender's Fatal 4 Elimination Match. Now, who wins? Who pretty much gets the next shot? Me, personally? And I know most of you will probably say LeRae. And here's why I'm not going to pick Lorette. 
Too soon. A little bit too soon. That would have been personally a takeover match for yours truly. I would have easily loved to see Larray and Shirai battle for the NXT Women's Championship, especially now they're in their different form of characters as of right now. Um, Mia Yim, I definitely would not, I would definitely would go against her winning, although I know she will put forth a solid effort, um, but don't be surprised if Larray uh, eliminates Yim. Uh, or possibly the other way around, whatever feels good to me at the moment. As much as I would love to see Tegan Knox become the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship, of course, Shirai is technically a heel, and Knox is a solid babyface, and quite adorable in my eyes. I am just a man. I am merely just a man. And she is definitely one of my favorites at the moment, and she is just... We're just going to leave it at that. I'm going to go with Dakota Kai. She's been wanting to face Dakota. She's been cutting promos um, on that. She's been wanting, she's even said after the match with, um, her tag team match with Raquel Gonzalez when they took on Casey Cananzaro and Kanan Carter. You're looking at the next NXT Women's Champion. So I think it only makes logical sense. Sex? Really? Okay, I'm going to bed. All right, guys, you have a good night. I'll see y'all uh, in a couple weeks. <laughs> God, I can't even, even, well, like, even, a, even when a day I had a cold outlet. I'm not even going to go with that. Um, logical sense. I can't. I got to go to bed. Um, <laughs> 5.18 p.m. on a uh, Tuesday evening. And I can't, I still can't make words go the way I wanted to. Logical sense for Tegan to do it, given that she's a solid baby face. I got to go with Dakota on this one. And and she, like I said, she's been barking at Shirai. She wants that next shot. She's been doing promos. She claimed that she wants that shot. I think it would be very cool to see Kai versus Shirai, not because it rhymes, but I think it actually is interesting. It would be an interesting matchup to see. Um, I don't know how everything would shake out in terms of her eliminating the last opponent. Would I be surprised if she eliminated Knox? You're... No, I'm lying. Definitely wouldn't be a surprise to me. Um, But I think Dakota Kai deserves a shot at the belt. Now, that's not to say, um, because I don't, because the only person literally who who has had a shot at the Women's Championship is literally Mia Yim when she faced Shayna Baszler. And that is quite shocking to me that she is the only one out of the four that's had the crack at the Women's Championship. Now, mind you, any one of these four could get the shot, and I wouldn't be surprised. I think right now NXT would be wise to lean towards Dakota Kai and give her the shot because I kind of would want to see Shirai versus Gonzalez for some reason. It just feeds into my personal fantasies and I'm not even going to go with that. That's a whole different type of show that I am never going to put out ever in the history of ever on the 12th of Neverwhere in the month of never. Actually, no, the 12th of never. Yeah, pretty much. You get it. Never. But I think I would just be interested in that to see how that dynamic worked, especially given the fact that it's an, that she's having a non-title match. She could definitely defend it towards the end of July or in the middle of July, whenever they want to do it. I would say it would be wise to do it at the end of July and July on a high note and then figure out who the next number one contender is going to be between, I guess, Larray, Knox, and Yim. Um, I think it would make most sense to have the 
I, I mean, logically, Knox would make Knox would be a perfect call. Either one of these ladies would be a, would make sense to face Shirai. But I think right now, Kai has the hot hand. You make Dakota Kai versus Io Shirai for the title and go from there and see if that works. I say give Kai the shot and let's see what happens. You know, I think this would be a definite big, I think this would be a good match. I mean, but I think right now, don't put all the eggs in one basket yet. Knox versus Shirai down the line, fire. Loray versus Shirai, though, between you and I, is the money match right now for the division. We got to wait on that. Let that let that marinate. I would have loved to have it take over Boston for the women's championship. But I think right now, let that marinate until at least war games. I don't know because, but I think, yeah, honestly, let that marinate. Shirai Loray, let that marinate because, and let that, let that marinate very nicely. You know what I'm saying? We are literally making some banging chicken and you got to let that marinate, let the fibers break down, let that flavor get all up in there. And when you're ready to cook, that shit going to come out golden brown, delicious and flavorful and now I'm hungry fuck all that aside right now Kai versus Shirai for the championship I can run with that and we'll see how hopefully that's the call they make if not you can put Knox in there that would be a nice little matchup but I think right now let's get Kai and Shirai in there and see how that runs for whoever gets the next shot after that I would guess Knox but we, but we got to marinate LeRae and Shirai. We can visit that a little bit later on in the year. Right now, Kai Shirai, maybe Knox gets the next shot, and then we'll see what happens from there with Yim and LeRae, maybe at WrestleMania. I don't know. Again, I'm thinking way too far ahead. It's kind of what I do. It's kind of my thing. Anyway, let's move along with the card. Rhea Ripley. I, don't, I feel some type of way about what she's going to be doing tomorrow night on NXT. I don't know why. But I guess this is kind of a way to keep her busy until maybe she gets back into this title picture. I don't know. But she's going to be facing Aaliyah and Robert Stone in a two-on-one handicap match. Joy. Now. The biggest, the storyline between all of this, if you haven't been watching, if you have been watching NXT, you already know what I'm about to say. If you haven't, I'll fill you in. Chelsea Green, of course, fired Robert Stone when she realized she was at her hottest. Um, tag teaming, you know, tag team match with Charlotte, taking on Shirai, not Shirai. Yeah, Shirai and Ripley, my apologies. And Robert Stone, you know, we're, this brand is the hottest, she, Chelsea Green is the hottest it's ever been. That's why I'm firing you. And she pretty much went her own way. Now, the rumor is she's still making her, she's going to make her way up to the main roster and go on Monday Night Raw, which I think, personally, between you and I, is a grave mistake because she is nowhere near ready to jump, to make that jump. And we haven't seen her on television since. I mean, I haven't seen, I haven't heard of Chelsea Green on the roster as of yet. Um, take a sip of water because I'm lip smacking. And my Brian, and my buddy Brian, Told me that I should I should always make sure I have water handy because lip smacking does not is not good for audio for podcasting. And for that, cheers to you, mate. Kirkland signature, Vita Rain Zero. 
Delicioso. Telling you, man, if y'all have a Costco membership, get you get yourself some Vita Rain Zero. It is quite delicious. And while you're at it, get yourself a 30 pack of liquid IV because it has um, every packet is the equivalent of literally two or three bottles of water. Um, I think it is one of the greatest things. This is not. A, this is not. This is not a sponsorship, by the way, nor a plug. I'm just saying, liquid IV, banging. All right. If you you can get it on Amazon, you can get like a 16 pack for like 13 bucks. Fucking worth it. Only only downside, you gotta pee a lot. <laughs> it sucks, but worth it. So let's see. So now Robert Stone having the fight now in his drunken stupor. Um, was trying to uh, build his brand, and Aaliyah was trying to go, trying to jump on to the whole scheme of things with Robert Stone, and she wanted to uh, get on. Now she had been losing match after match after match in her effort trying to impress Robert Stone, but every time she tried to, she failed. Um, Robert Stone pretty much was in a drunken stupor after the fact that Chelsea Green fired him in, in his "I don't know what to do" oh my god um, phase. So. Aaliyah, in her interest, was trying to try, figure out a way to jump, get jump on, picked him up. Uh, I believe in her match against Zia Lee, which I completely forgot that was a feud. Just the way they structured it didn't make it feel like a feud, but it was worth it. Uh, not for Zaya, who almost damn near got puked on, but she did lose. And Robert Stone decided, okay, Aaliyah is my new client. But his next effort was trying to get. The services of Rhea Ripley to join the Robert Stone brand, which made me laugh and giggle up and down everywhere. Twice, Robert Stone gets thrown into the garbage, and twice he also got hit in the stomach with a right hand by Rhea Ripley. And, um, yeah. So, of course, Aaliyah in her angers uh got but got felt some type of way about ripley throwing her manager into the trash can and signed her literal death certificate by slapping rhea ripley across the face the two had a matchup robert stone threw a shoe my dude no no show socks i mean as long as you're as long as you're comfortable my dude um with them lovers um pretty much uh robert stone pretty much gets dirt slammed Ripley defeats Aaliyah in easy fashion with a riptide, and Stone um, says that they want another match. They want a two-on-one handicap match. Well, actually, William Regal, uh, they asked for a two-on-one handicap match, and had a unique request for William Regal, that if Rhea Ripley loses, well, let's just see what WWE has to say about this. Enough of me. Can the Robert Stone brand acquire its biggest client yet, or will Rhea Ripley crush its recent resurgence? We'll find out Wednesday night at the Great American Bash as the Nightmare faces Aaliyah and Stone in a handicap match, where Rhea Ripley must sign with Stone if she loses. Chelsea Green left the brand in shambles last month when she fired Stone. The once disheveled super agent has since pulled himself together and is making his best effort at a comeback with the signing of Aaliyah. That's hardly been enough to sway Ripley, however. The former NXT Women's Champion has responded to Stone's overtures by dumping him in the trash. Literally. On two occasions. The Nightmare overcome not only Aaliyah, 
Can the nightmare overcome not only Alia? They missed that word, first word there. But Stone shoe throwing on her behalf in a one-on-one -on -one bout last week. Oh, okay. The nightmare overcome not only Ali overcame not only Aaliyah, but Stone shoe throwing. Okay. Can Rhea Ripley overcome the scheming Robert Stone and Aaliyah in this unique matchup? And the answer is an emphatic fuck yeah. That, that's pretty much it. That's all I had for that. I didn't really have a joke or, or a bit for that. I'm just saying that Rhea Ripley doesn't need the Robert Stone brand, and it just... No. Because <laughs> I, I, I think that would be a bad idea, personally. I think Rhea Ripley will take care of business. Um, I think she'll actually dirt slam Robert Stone, give him the riptide, and defeat Ripley, and unfortunately... Stone will not uh, bring the services of Rhea Ripley to the Robert Stone brand. Um, personally, I wish he still had Dan Matha and Riddick Moss, but unfortunately, I believe both guys actually got released from the company. No, no, hold on. Nope, Riddick Moss is still with the company as far as I know. Dan Matha actually got released. But there is no reason for Rhea Ripley to join the Robert Stone brand. Um, she is good on her own, and God forbid we see what Stone would do with Ripley Nah, I think he does. He'll, he'll eat a rip. The, he'll, she'll take care of Aaliyah real quick. Eat it. Stone will eat a riptide. One, two, three. I will point and laugh. And yeah, we'll move on. And I believe this is the last matchup they have on the card. And this one is actually a doozy. And whoo. As much as I would love to see Timothy Thatcher and Keith Lee for the North American Championship, that pipe dream of mine is going to have to wait a little while longer personally between you and I because Thatcher does have an opponent at the Great American Bash and it is one half of the one two of the Brit Ambrolis the man himself Oni Lorkin so how did we get here how did we get to this point well let's see what WWE has to say Timothy Thatcher has demonstrated painful teachings in recent weeks with his Thatcher's catch can uh, style, but Oni Lorkin isn't deterred. They'll square off Wednesday night at the Great American Bash in what promises to be a hard-hitting bout. Um, no fucking shit. After defeating Matt Riddle in the NXT fight pit, Thatcher has focused on education in recent weeks, stretching pupils in his Thatcher's catch, Thatcher's Thatch can wrestling school. Lorkin took notice, calling Thatcher out for a match. And this is actually from his Twitter account. Quote, yeah, I've seen, I've seen your submission school videos and how you think you're tough about how you try and stretch me. Tough guy, gods of wrestling, give me Tim Thatcher. The first time I actually saw this, I'm just like, please? And then he posted a second tweet where basically all he basically said was, give me Tim Thatcher, give me Tim Thatcher, over and over and over. This was literally eight minutes apart. The tweets were eight minutes apart. Now, NXT general manager William Regal is giving Working exactly what he wants. Uh, and this is, he actually quote tweeted Oni Lorkin by saying, I'm telling you right now, if you don't give me Tim Thatcher, I'm going to start kicking everybody's ass. William Regal Quote tweeted at around noontime on the 28th, actually on Sunday of all days, saying, quote, you are nothing if not excitable, Mr. Lorkin. I'm pleased to say you will not need to take any further action 
as I'm granting you a match against Timothy Thatcher this Wednesday on NXT. Will Thatcher take Lorcan to school, or will Oni rule? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, for those of you who have seen Orny Lorcan go to battle, um, you, the only reminder you need is a... Um, what, Marley? I'll get to your segment in a moment. Um, the only thing you need to know is if you've seen the battles between Birch and Lorcan, then you know exactly what you're going to get in with Thatcher and Lorcan. They're going to beat the shit out of each other. They're both going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy it. Everyone's going to enjoy it. Nobody loses. This is going to be a dope match. And I I will give Thatcher the victory, no problem. But Lorkin and Thatcher are going to beat the hell out of each other. And every single time, I just think Suzuki Ishii vibes, Suzuki Nagata vibes, Ishii Nagata vibes, just anything Suzuki period, <laughs> Minoru Suzuki period, um, and Ishii, period. They're just going to beat the living hell out of each other for about 10 minutes. Now I'm going to love every fucking second of it. It's going to be fun. No one loses in this. And hopefully they just beat the crap out of each other. And, and, and I'm just going to be a little giddy schoolgirl watching this matchup. And of course, I just want to make sure that, well, since Marley's contracted, that this portion of the show is brought to you by my, my unofficial host, co-host of the show, Marley, who would like to remind you in these unprecedented times to ensure that you get your adequate amount of water throughout the day to make sure you get your adequate amount of sleep. My doge, of course, recommends eight to 12 hours a day spread out through many naps. Um, if you can get it all in one shot, she thinks you're crazy, but it's effective. Um, make sure you're eating a proper nutritious diet. Um, I know most of us in this have been gaining a little bit of weight and judging by the fact that I want pizza right now. Uh, kind of explains my case, but I'm actually at a steady 225, looking clean, you know, work, I work, I've been working since the whole entire thing, so, uh, I've just been walking a lot, and I guess burning fat, I don't know, I still don't have six-pack abs yet, um, I'm working on it, though, I'm not dad bod territory, thank God, but, you know, even during these times, I'm still working out as much as I possibly can, I haven't worked out at all this week, because I'm preparing for vacation, so, usually, I, if I were, if I were to, um, I wouldn't work out today, but I would be working out the next three days to get prepared because I want to go, boy, um, for vacation. Uh, actually, no, I would actually work out Wednesday, day off Thursday, if I, if we, if coronavirus wasn't a thing, working Thursday, Friday for sure. And then Friday, I would actually take a day off because I wanted to pack and make sure I get ready prepared. So Friday would actually be a day off and then I would go on from there. But since we're not doing that, I, I, I <laughs> they're funny. But, of course, like she said, a nutritious proper diet as well as best as you possibly can. And every once in a while to ensure yourself to make sure you indulge in some treats and treat yourself every once in a while. Just like my dog does with the eight or nine duck breast treats she likes to, she gets to eat per day because my mother just likes to spoil the shit out of her. But the vets actually don't like that because she's 70 pounds and they say she's overweight. You big fan. But yeah, that is your Marley moment of the show. And actually, that is going to be it for episode 226 of the YLP podcast. And I am sad that it is over because this is the last episode that we are going to have for quite some time. But 
what would an ending of a show be without making sure we close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 227 that will take place of course we'll be right back Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 226 of the YLB Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode. Of course, on AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com. Anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective and Anchor.fm slash Wrestle Addict Radio. If you have any thoughts, opinions, shows, uh, ideas for shows, I should say, um, anything else you, that's on your mind, or if you're thinking I missed something from today's episode, sound off. Let your voice be heard. Leave your boy with a voice message on Anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective and Anchor.fm slash Wrestle Addict radio if you're on the wrestling radio side of things make sure you put ylp in the title so i know you're talking to me personally and if i like your message enough i'll have no problem featuring it on a future episode of the ylp podcast because i like that sort of thing and i like to create a nice little dialogue and discussion of course if you enjoyed this episode do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the ylp podcast share this episode across all of your social media the instagrams the facebooks the twitters you can also put it on your gab put it on your parlor linkedin tinder bumble hinge i don't give a damn send it through a text message or send it through your facebook messenger however you want to do it spread the word because it is unprecedented times we know a lot of you are still in lockdown quarantine and it's quite unfortunate from yours truly but you know you can find solace in the YLP podcast, the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Game Ranger podcast, and the Light Show with Ben Chappelle to get you through these times and to give you at least a bit of a laugh uh, during uh, quarantine due to coronavirus. Be damned. And all that good stuff. Because not only are we the common cure, or should I say, let me rephrase that, the cure. The true cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast, but we here at Wrestle Addict Radio believe that we are the alternative for professional wrestling podcasts, and that we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all do not have the anchor app, and that's perfectly fine. You're not hurting my feelings. Everybody's got their favorite streaming platform. They listen to their podcast with all that good stuff. But if you think for just one second, we just have ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com and anchor as our main hubs of what you can listen to. My friend, you are sadly mistaken because not only can you check it out on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com and anchor.fm, you can find this podcast, the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Game Changer podcast, and the Light Show with Mansion Bell across several different platforms, including Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, Castbox FM, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fan. Search for the Wild Thing Podcast, the Kings of the Rings Podcast, the Game Changer Podcast, and the Delight Show with Man Chappelle. Across all these different platforms, and we'll have no problem finding it whatsoever, especially given the fact that 
KO, uh, KOTR just had their 200th episode. The new Game Changer episode, Game Changer podcast episode is out. And of course, the new episode of The Delight Show with Man Chappelle is also out. So you don't want to miss any of those. They will be on during my sabbatical. They'll be taking over my uh, my days that I do uh, podcasting. They will announce those on their Twitter and all that good stuff. I'll leave that up to them. But just so you know, they will be on there as well. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLB podcast, I won't be doing much on my social media, but I want to give it to you anyway. Uh, you can follow me, of course, over on my Twitter at Suede Senator War. That's S U E D E S E N A T O R, capital W, capital A, capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite that I usually do every Wednesday, and I will be live tweeting for AEW Dynamite for at least the first week of Fighter Fest this Wednesday night. SmackDown Live on Friday nights, and I will not be uh, doing any live tweeting then because I will be preparing to leave for Denver this coming Saturday. But usually I do that on Fridays. Every AEW live pay-per-view, where I usually do WWE stuff, but we'll talk about AEW first since it's the first one on my mind. And I will be live tweeting for at least the first episode of Fighter Fest this Wednesday. Uh, As far as uh, episode two, I'll probably watch that on my own time, so I won't be live tweeting then. I'll be enjoying time with my buddies in Denver. Every WWE live pay-per-view, and I definitely will be live tweeting for Extreme Rules on July 19th. Every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver special. As far as we know, NXT UK TakeOver Dublin is still going down in October. As far as NXT's next TakeOver special, we still do not know yet, uh, but we hopefully will find out soon, and I will be live tweeting for both without question. And of course, New Japan Pro Wrestling is back in the swing of things, and that means I get to... Live tweet when it's 3.30 in the morning. I went to the bathroom and I can't go back to sleep. So y'all know what that means. I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. If you want to follow me over on my Instagram, the mothership and the mother hub of everything that is YLP, I can be followed over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective. Memes, in case you missed it, updates on our shows, breaking news, Memes, memes, and more memes because we love memes here at the YLP podcast for sure, 100%. Send them over to me, actually. You can DM me and send me memes, and I'll post them on there if I like it enough. You can do that. Give you all clearance without a problem. (laughs) But if you also want to follow me over on my Facebook, I'm not as active on there, but all my Instagram posts do correlate with Facebook, so you can find me over there at um, search, actually, um, Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Give the page a like. Give it a follow. S- pretty much share all of it. Um, and uh, let's get that number up. I know we're over 100 followers over on my Facebook page, and I thank you guys so much for that. But let's get to try to get it to 200. Let's try to get our let's try to get our numbers up. We're doing rookie numbers right now. We got to pump those joints up real quick. Follow me on all these different platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast and I look over to the judges to ensure I fulfilled all my obligations for today's episode and it looks like I have so guys y'all know as I've been telling y'all I am going to be on sabbatical until July 13th I will make my return to uh, the uh, war nation I am taking a little bit of a sabbatical as y'all know I have told y'all for quite some time now so you should already be uh, mind prepared um Every member of the Wrestle Addict Radio family will be taking over from my days this coming week. I should I say next week. Um, I can tell you, I'm not going to tell you shit. Um, I do know one, at least one of the team 
is definitely going to be doing a show on Monday. I will not tell you who. They will be telling you themselves. I'm certain I will keep that cat in the bag. will not let that out for any sane reason. But yes, uh, do expect um, members of the WrestleMania Radio team to take my days during the week Monday, as of course is Monday, Tuesdays, and Fridays uh, that you check me out on the show. So uh, do show the thing some love. Give them big love. And, and let them know that Mr. YLP sent you over there. Um, yes, I will be back July 13th. Um, now, as far as what I'll be doing on that show, it's still up in the air. Um, News of the weekend would usually be an easy out for me. But of course, it is a big weekend for New Japan upon my return. I do return from Denver on the 11th of July. And that, of course, is the New Japan Cup final. And the day after on the 12th is Dominion. For those of you who don't know, that is basically the equivalent of SummerSlam for New Japan Pro Wrestling. One of their biggest shows of the year and one of my favorite shows of the calendar year in New Japan terms. So maybe, just maybe, we may do a good, the bad, and the ugly. That was New Japan Cup Final and Dominion weekend that may be something i want to think about um i'll let you guys know upon my return back from denver uh that coming weekend but yes that will be something i would love to do i haven't done a new japan uh good the bad and ugly in quite some time actually since wrestle kingdom um 14 bless you marley so that would be quite interesting to do as i haven't done one since then so we'll we'll, we'll figure everything out we'll, it's all up in the air right now but we'll figure it out when we get to that point other than that guys you know I love y'all. Much love to y'all. Enjoy, of course, the uh, Kings of the Rings podcast, the Game Changer podcast, and the Delight Show with Man Chappelle next week. Enjoy yourselves. Stay safe. Happy Fourth of July, since I will not, so I'll be traveling on that day. Enjoy the Fourth. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy a beer for yours for your boy. All of that good stuff. And I'll see you guys right back here, July thirteenth, for episode two twenty seven of the YLP Podcast. See you!